Warning. The Dub Talk podcast may contain language and humor that is unsuitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, please be aware that spoilers are likely to occur, so please watch at your own risk. Finally, always remember to properly clean and sanitize your hands and fingers before inserting them into anyone's F-port. Oh, and Uzal's totally best girl. Enjoy! Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk. This is the show where a group of dorks all get together and either talk about a recent dub announcement, or we revisit and review a series that was previously reviewed on Lilac Anime Reviews that was dubbed later. I am, of course, the one and only master of manliness himself, Spaceman Hardy. And once again, I'm taking over hosting duties for Lilac in order to cover yet another one of the multitude of broadcast dubs that Funimation is putting out for this season. And good news, folks, we are almost to the end of our coverage of this season. Yes, believe it or not. With Dub Talk episodes already posted for Snow White with the Red Hair, Princess Stride Alternative, Divine Gate, and Dagashikashi, an episode for Fairy Tale Zero currently being edited, and an episode of Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash set to start recording soon, we have just about made it through one of Funimation's biggest seasons for broadcast dubs ever. Funimation, and aren't we all crazy, happy about that? You crazy yeah. bastards! Amen. <laughs> yeah. Making that universal money. All right, I'm loving this. Alright, so with that in mind, that really only leaves us with two more shows to cover. Obviously, the elephant in the room is Dimension W, which will be saved for last, because, well, neither Lilac or I have cable, and we're at the mercy of Funimation's two-week delay behind Toonami. That sucks for us. Yeah. As for the, uh, yeah, as for the other show in question, it has kind of developed a rather divisive opinion among anime fans this season. The result of a collaboration between Masamun Shiro, creator of the popular Ghost in the Shell series, and Koshi Rikudo of Excel Saga fame, the show at times seems like the weird amalgamation of those two series that none of us ever really asked for or even <laughs> knew we wanted until now. Half screwball comedy, half sci-fi action-adventure, it's left a lot of us scratching our heads over whether they actually like it or not. But if nothing else... It always leaves us with a lot to talk about. There's I speak, of course, about the word salad of a title, Pandora in the Crimson Shell Ghost Earned. Say that five times fast. Uh, I, you know, this uh, it's kind, kind of a misleading title. I, I looked it up, and it has nothing to do with uh, online radio. It has nothing to do with jewelry. It has nothing to do with a box from a Greek goddess. So I think it is false advertising. It has plenty to do with little robot lowly maids putting fingers in F-ports. <laughs> There's Yuri in my mech and it tastes weird. <laughs> and anyways, to help me cover over this widely divisive show or a, fellow cup, a couple of fellow anime fans and sci-fi dorks, uh, my first guest joining me tonight, you've heard him several times on this show by now, the host of such... Awesome programs such as First Frames, 10 Frames Per Second, and the 10 Frame Theater. Please welcome animation aficionado and eternally scarred victim of the Dramatical Murder OVA, Noah Clue. Why did you have to remind me of Dramatical Murder? I had just gotten that out of my system. Now I'm going to have <laughs> nightmares about snakes and lions and dogs and... What is wrong and with growly you? Blow j and growly blowjob noises. <laughs> and this is why... We find folks here in the West shun you weeaboos. 
Oh, like you're not one yourself. Hey, Chobit is high quality animation and I will hear no hatred from the haters. Anyways, secondly, making his third appearance on the show, you can usually find him mingling over at the Double Talk Twitch chat on the Funimation, well, not on the Funimation forums, but the Double Talk Twitch chat every Wednesday night, or arguing with me on Twitter over whether Tifa Lockhart could kick Sailor Jupiter's ass. Please welcome Jamstar back to the program. Hi, Internet people. How you doing? Mm -hmm. I feel like Kyle Phillips at this point, except when it comes to casting, I at least know what I'm doing. No offense to Kyle Phillips. I mean, you're a great man, oh. but you're a great man, but oh, oh boy. <laughs> now, originally the plan was for this to be a five-person episode along with Sneebs and Zenith Will Rule, but unfortunately both of them had to back out due to certain circumstances, so they're not going to be joining us tonight. The Instead, it's just... Yes. Instead, it's just going to be the three of us for this episode, so hopefully we can all keep you entertained enough to where you won't be hitting the back button on your browser for an hour and a half. And if we start uh, to get off track, I will start singing the Animaniac songs, Countries of the World, just to keep myself no, entertained. No, no. you will not. All right, let's do this. All right. So, as usual, we're going to start, we're going to go through the cast. Talk about who we initially predicted, who was actually cast, and discuss whether or not we were pleased with the individual casting choices or not. As usual, getting hopelessly derailed and yammering on and on about which waifus are best and why Noah's taste in anime is garbage. So without further ado, <laughs> let's I, start I, I, as... I won't deny that. Right now, I'm actually, I'm almost done with Nadia, and I understand a lot of people really like it. I'm having a hard time mustering up as much excitement for it as I was hoping I would. And how about that dub, by the way? The dub of Nadia? Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't watch it in sub, but um, oh. I, what I'm more concerned about is the animation quality of the show, because many episodes, it's pretty high-tier stuff, and then in a couple of episodes, it just goes to crap. It, it, that... I pre I'm pretty sure what happened is they outsourced it to Korean studios, because it's got that weird overly rounded off-model look no, in some no, episodes. No, I, I could can, I can answer that in one word. Gynax. Actually, from what I've researched, it's not Gynax's fault entirely. Well, I mean, it still had something to do with them, but we're getting hopelessly <laughs> off track. Anyway. I just want to talk about a different show, dang it! Yeah, you will talk about this show, and you will like it, clearly. Yeah, right, it's right out of my mouth, Hardy. I will yeah. talk about the lowly robot android Yuri fetish. F port. Whatever it is. It's funny. Yes. Hardy dragged both of us into this show, yet I like it and you don't. Yeah, but I, I think I have a slightly different reason for not liking it than most of the people, but we'll we'll get to that when we get to that. Anyways, let's start as we always do with the ADR director and lead writer. Um, usually, as you no doubt know, I don't really make a lot of predictions for the director or writer. Um, I just sort of let it, sometimes I do, but only for like high profile shows where I'm expecting someone like, uh, like Mike McFarland or, or Zach Bolton. Uh, not so right. much here. So yeah, did anyone really have, yeah. This is definitely well, not Mike McFarlane material, but then again, <laughs> nobody thought Noreen was Mike McFarlane material, and that happened. So. Hey, hey, Noreen is awesome. If you guys get a chance to see it, yeah. definitely go check it out. But anyways... No, no not Noreen. I said Noreen. Oh, oh! Show. I, yeah. What? What's wrong with no... Well, actually, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on this anyways, one... 
On this one, um, I did have a guess on the ADR director and the scriptwriter, because mm -hmm. the show that this initially reminded me of that Funimation has put out recently is Strike Witches, because it's got <laughs> because it is it is content that could have been taken seriously for a, a shonen action kind of series that somehow got lots of lowly sort of like injected into it. And it's got a very similar humor style to it as well. So I thought, who were the people that put together Strike Witches? So as far as the ADR director for the show, I thought perhaps Mr. Scott Sager, who was the ADR director of Strike Witches, would be the one on this. And then as far as the script writing goes, and I, I should have known this wouldn't be right because I, I didn't realize until after I made my predictions that she's already doing another show this season, but I guessed the always raunchy and always up for a good time jamie marchi of course yeah of course because it just seems like a jamie show i know right yeah it's got it's it's not perverted in the sense that you should block it from your grandparents but it is raunchy in the sense that you should not let your younger siblings be watching it i don't know i wouldn't watch this show around my grandparents <laughs> well it, I'm going to yeah. say it depends on your grandparents. Yes. Yeah, once the F port opens up, they would have some serious <laughs> questions. Yes. Yeah. But, 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 a... en but enough about injecting things into lowlies, like Noah said. Uh, did you have a uh, <laughs> Did you have a uh, prediction, uh, Jamal? Uh, yeah, I did. As a matter of fact, I, I too also had a Jamie for a script writer because, I mean, it does seem like a... A silly kind of show, but fun, and, and she, she is capable of those kinds of scripts. Uh, mm -hmm. As for the director, I kind of had two. My first one was a uh, Tyler Walker, because this is the kind of show that it seems kind of silly, but yeah, it can be serious when it needs to be, and we've pretty much seen that in a lot of his shows, like namely Ninja Slayer, uh, fairy tale. Toriko is another one that, that sort of falls under that. World Break, because I'm the one person that actually liked World Break, by the way. How? Well, I mean, you know... Hey, man. Okay. It, okay. I watch it. I just throw caution to the wind every time I come home from work and just watch that. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, it's silly, but it's serious where it needs to be in. And it's good. And mm -hmm. even if some people don't like it, kick rocks. That's all I'm saying. That that uh, is the entire appeal. If people don't like it, haters gonna hate. Yeah, absolutely. Which, by the way, you all should watch Wander Over Yonder because Lord Hater is the greatest villain of all time. Shameless plug. Lord Hater sounds like that sounds like the most amazing villain name of all time. You haven't been watching Wander Over Yonder? I don't have cable. Oh, oh that's right, that's right. Okay, if you do have cable and you're not too mature for the Disney Channel. Check out Wander Over Yonder. Oh, that's why I've heard of it. Okay. Right. Craig McCracken anyways, for the win. Anyway. Anyways, someone who is not Lord Hater, uh, for as far as the ADR director goes, of course, we're all wrong as usual. Uh, the lead writer <laughs> is actual, actually Samuel Woolley, and the ADR director is Mr. Jerry Jewell. And this, uh, this is going to define kind of the direction that the show took because from the offset when they dubbed it into English they had two choices here they could take a, a raunchier a less mature kind of route where uh, you throw maybe not throwing so much swearing but you keep a bit of a grittier adultness to the content or mm -hmm. you could swing to the cuter side of it and play it up as a more moe bait kind of show 
And between those two options, especially with the writer and the director that we got, they seem to have shifted more towards the moe, moe, cute side. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Jerry Jewell, as you no doubt know, he has directed a few things in his day. Uh, most recently, he was responsible for both seasons of Seraph of the End. Uh, he is director of Blood Sea and the more serious side. Uh, he's also directed both uh, Index and, uh, and Railgun. He directed Defrag, which is another goofy comedy. He directed... Oh, God, he directed Dragonar Academy. That poor, poor man. What? <laughs> yes. He was res also responsible as far... Not responsible for the script, but he was responsible for recording the atrocity that was Free Eternal Summer. Um, not you know you liked it. Wait, 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 wait. Do I need to show you the GIF again, Hardy? No, you don't have to show me the GIF again. Uh, he also did Is This a Zombie of the Dead. He did both seasons of Kamisama Kiss. He's done a few episodes of One Piece. And yeah, he uh, he did Sinran Kagura as well. So he's kind of got his, um, his experience in doing these types of shows. As far as Samuel Woolley is concerned, uh, he's... <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Can, can, can I can I just say the one the the thing that stuck out to me? He's the lead writer on. What is that? Samuel Woolley, lead writer for Showman Sample. I was oh, just thinking. <laughs> I was just thinking that. So yeah, no, he's he's scripted a lot of shows such as he did uh, Aquarian Evil, which was always fun. He did uh, Brothers Conflict recently. I just uh, got through watching that. Yeah, he did a few episodes of Data Live. He also did work on Dragon R Academy with Jerry. Yeah, poor, poor man. Uh, he wrote this. He, he handled the script for Free Eternal Summer. Oh my! This attack team you don't want to see again. Yeah. Well, but anyways. Uh, so how do we feel about this uh, this duo of director and lead writer? In this case, for for Pandora and the Crimson Shell. Uh, well, I completely forgot about Jerry Jewel, and then I remembered, I guess I should have seen this coming, because like I said, I just got through watching Boris Conflict, and this man plays the dankest hipster I've ever seen, so I guess yeah. in a show like this, of course he would be expected to direct. I mean, he does a pretty good job nonetheless, I'll, I'll give him that at least, but... One thing I haven't noticed, I haven't noticed any real dank memes in this dub. For this particular show which is a it's it's good uh there are a few things that do annoy me uh namely some of the verbal ticks from some of the other characters um we'll get to that later yeah. otherwise i didn't really notice any problems with the script uh what about you noah it's a very safe kind of script because like i said they could have gone with a i, I know bringing up his name is is completely taboo but we could have gone with a more um, oh shoot! I'm blanking on his name. The 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 guy who directed um, High School of the Dead. Dumb. Oh, Stephen Foster. Yeah, we could have gone with a more Stephen Foster angle with this, and given given the content a bit more edge to it, mm -hmm. edge. which would have been their liberty. But have, yeah, you could have. Have you seen because, this show? Yes, I have, and I'm saying that because even though the, the even though the content on paper is very PG, the visual angle of it, and I use the term angle from. A, a, not even a pun g lends itself to saying the kind of people who are watching this are probably not in it for the story I'm just saying you know you say edge I mean even the giant robots don't have an edge to it they're in the, they're all shaped like eggs 
everything is there is oh, no oh, edge but oh there oh there are tons of curves i'll give you that oh my literally the first thing that the camera pans on is swimsuit lady yes. sun bathing on a cruise ship the literal the first thing we see in the show is Uzal's crotch so but yeah, so <laughs> anyways so, so yeah, yeah it seems like a pretty safe script you know no deviations no tossing in of dated dank memes that we uh that are completely edited. and thankfully no gamergate references which is always welcome <laughs> so no i i think i think that movement has effectively died with 2015 well thank god yeah but, there um, are a few they did seem to tame the dialogue a little bit. Like, one part that I noticed is, in episode three, um, Vlind is um, coming back from the dead, essentially, and she makes a reference about, uh, I will be the reporter who comes back from the gates of hell in the sub. But then in the dub, they change it to, I will be the reporter who comes back from the gates of Hades. And it just seems like a disney way to get around what was a bit of a harsher language in the original. Well, I mean, it seems kind of weird considering the subject matter in this show is certainly not Disney level. So, no. So that's right. what I'm saying. They could have gone either raunchy or they could have gone cutesy, and they definitely, on both the directing and the writing portion, went cutesy. Yeah. Well, of course, this is still just a broadcast dub. There are possible changes to be made. But anyways, you know, so basically it's a safe dub. It's nothing really doesn't really push any boundaries or push any buttons so we have that to be <laughs> thankful for although we push buttons in the show for definitely but different and kinds some, of buttons oh. push some yeah. wires i and, see yeah. where you're going with this <laughs> oh this, this whole th this whole thing's going to be full of of machine and electronic references i just know it oh yes yeah. so you're going to have to keep the uh the uh the uh, george takei picture on standby for this one. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, uh, we do have quite a sizable cast for these first uh, four episodes that we watched, and so we uh, let's move on. I'm not going to cover Uzal's harem just yet because most of them don't even have names. Right. Uh, but uh, one of a couple characters that we will gloss over. Uh, first of all, we have the as of yet unnamed completely reporter. Oh, Lee. Yeah. Yes. Who, yeah. every time she tries to say her name, she gets cut off by being horribly maimed or injured in, in various ways. And uh, it's is completely embarrassed every single time. We also have a minor character who appears in episode four. We don't know if she's going to make any future appearances. But we also have Proserpina, a local pop idol who is very popular among uh, the local uh, 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 civilians and everything. So... Just a really cute girl. And so did we have any predictions for these two? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can't. Come on. No, I can't be the only one. I um, I only got through the first three episodes, actually. I didn't know that we were going all the way to episode four. I was like, I don't have to watch past three. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> He's like, but don't did, make me. <laughs> I did have a prediction uh, for... I know I'm mispronouncing the way it starts out, but Vla the, the reporter, Vlind. I, I did have a prediction for her, though. We didn't. We don't even know how to properly pronounce her name because she can't finish it. So. No, no, but I, I had a prediction. Dang it. Okay, and who would that prediction be? Okay, so because we need someone who is kind of spastic and also composed with herself and also someone who we enjoy seeing put into pain quite often, 
<laughs> that could only go to the one and only Monica Rial. Really? Okay, uh, Monica yeah. Rial. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I was thinking like because I knew that the like none of the the higher up voices or the more important ones I didn't think would uh, fit her repertoire, but. When I saw the character continuously being trampled in very cartoonish style, it just kind of seemed like a Monica role to me. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, Hi. Now, what did you think, Jabal? Did, who did you um, who did you predict? Uh, I'm not going to lie. When I started making this casting, these casting predictions, I saw like the name, and I tried to look for it in the anime, and I, kept, I only saw... I, <laughs> Funny thing is, I put it down as Damaged Reporter, and then I put a name afterwards. <laughs> so, uh, going off of Noah's style, seeing her get trapped with cartoonist style, there's only one person I think of when I think of cartoony, and that's a Tia Ballard. Okay, that's a very good choice. So, yeah, we're both in the wheelhouse of, of uh, teenage-ish sounding female voices that are predominantly known for uh, comedic roles. Okay. Now, right, only... Only we were right. Yeah. No, no. Before we move on, uh, did you have any predictions for Proserpina as well? I had one, and I got it right. Oh, okay. Yeah, for uh, Proserpina, I actually predicted Leah Clark uh, because I didn't know that she was going to be somewhere else in the cast. Um, and for Vly, I predicted going off on a lot of the same cartoony uh, action that you guys made your predictions off of. I predicted Brittany Karbowski because she plays a lot of <laughs> no. she plays a lot of a lot of spastic blonde short-haired characters, which which inevitably you know involve a lot of shrieking and screaming and getting trampled on and everything like that. I, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I, not only could I see that, I would love it if that was true because, and I know that she's a perfectly nice human being and I probably would feel terrible if I met her in real life, but many of her best known roles just grate on me really <laughs> badly. So, so if she brought that same voice to this character, I wouldn't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, right. but you got you got Blackstar, you've got IU from Canon, you've got the goddamn Maho. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm sure you're a nice person, but ugh, I'm so sorry. All right, so anyways, uh, we're all wrong on Vly, and uh, and Jamal, you said you got Proserpina right, so who is who plays Proserpina? Only one logical person for this. Hi, Mom. It's Felicia Anjo. That's right, and it's a small role, but it's she makes her mark in the episode, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to, we'll be seeing more of her as the show goes on. Yeah. Um, as far as Vly is concerned... She is played by Alex Moore. Now, this is a rather, rather different role than what we've seen her play before. Uh, earlier, we've seen her in uh, as Agnes in A Certain Magical Index. She was Susano in Devil is a Part-Timer. She recently, Lim Lisha, and she was Lim in Lord Marksman and Vanities, uh, Lalotte in Maria the Virgin Witch. Um, she... Most recently was Mitsuba in Seraph of the End, Battle of Nagoya, and as Freon Flamel uh, in Sky Wizards Academy. She's also had roles in Absolute Duo, uh, Certain Scientific Railgun, Dance with Devils, Data Live, Fairy Tale, just all sorts of shows. So what what was our what were our opinions of this performance in general? Alex Bourne, I I didn't really get to hear uh, enough because as usual she's getting trampled at some point. No, I mean her character, not her. 
Jesus. Oh, yeah. I know she's <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> not her. I I'm sin and sincerely hope that the fine people of Funimation do not actually trample their vic their other victims. They're, they, 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 they don't do method acting. And You'd be surprised what I've seen some of those actors make claims of. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know all about, like, Chris uh, Crispin Freeman having to take his shirt off in the recording of Wolf's Rain, or yeah. the shoving candy bars I, in their mouth. I just for, saw a like, post that after you crossed out uh, Austin Tittle's occupation on his ticket and put desk occupant. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's messed up, man. Anyways, no. Well, what, what was your opinion of the performance? What yeah, little Vly we have was, heard of it so far. Uh, uh, yeah, like, uh, Vly would be very difficult to, you know, kind of write off as not being all that important, which, in the grand scheme of the story, she's really not. But I liked the performance that, uh, that Alex brought to it, because it, it, it fits very well. It's a not, it does not sound like any of the other girls in the show, and there are quite a few of them. And she brings up the, um, the kind of going a little crazy mentality to it, like, the, the idea of... Yes, I am being kind of trampled all the time by cops and the police army utility are being thrown off of the ship, but that's okay because it's going to make me an idol. As long so. as my name isn't Vlapoom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, so I, I give, I give uh, three thumbs up for Alex on this one. <laughs> that's a lot of thumbs. I'll even one. No well, yeah, I, the third well, the third, the third one wasn't a thumb. Oh my! <laughs> I, I, I will tell you. This. I'll say this about Pasapina. If you think about it, it's only logical it had to be Felicia because she is like the attitude of mommy from assassination classroom and the empathy and bust of Miu from a stack of a rogue hero. Mm -hmm. Also, on top of that, I think I know which headshot Lilac's gonna use. Is it me or does it look like one? Of Jamie Monkey's old headshots. I don't know. That, it's, usually she uses the one where she's holding up the little pink thing in front of her mouth, and I have. Yeah, what is that? Is that a pacifier or something? We'll have to we'll have to ask Felicia what that thing is and what what the context behind that picture is. But anyways, um, as my as far as my performance goes, they both did great. I think this is a pretty standard performance for Felicia, and it's a small role, but I think she did a, she did just fine. Um, as far as Alex is concerned, I have never heard this sort of voice come out of her before at all. All you gotta, uh, she's, all you gotta do is imagine Mitsuba on helium. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah, and Mitsuba <laughs> is already hyped up very, very high-pitched anyways. But yeah, I, I had a hard time really believing it was her until I read the cast list. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was Alex Moore. I, hmm. And so yeah, this is completely different from the roles that she's played before. And uh, I think she does a really good job. As long as she's not just constantly getting blown up and humiliated and, and just maimed viciously. But but that's the best part of the show! <laughs> true. This is true. Yes. That should be no, the tagline. That, that should be the tagline. Come watch Alex Moore get injured. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, we're it's a, what, what what we do for our fans. Yes. Anyways, moving on, uh, the next two characters, uh, we have Bunny who is the one main, the lead of Uzal's harem of, of, um, victims. Cy cybernetic fetish women. Wait, yes. can we even call it a harem? Because it looks like they were voting against her. Yeah, I was going to agree, too. We, we tend to use the term harem in the sense that they are, you know, love interests. In this case here, it's more of a captured embodiment of 
unwilling victims. I can tell you so this I, much. After all the anime I've watched, not all harems have to be strictly love interests. There's always no, no, the soon soon and the I extreme got, soon soon at that. So Yeah, but even then there were still viable love interests. Yes. From whatever dating sim is based off of. No, no. You know what this is? This group is a chain gang. Okay. Uh, Uzal's chain gang. That's now, what that now is. Now, for context, for context, well, anyways, we have Bunny and we have Ian Kurtz, uh, the person that she starts working for after leaving Uzal's company. Um, to, for context, Uzal has a group of girls who work for her, and she forces them to dress up in various outfits. Bunny is obviously named after her bunny suit that she wears. We also have Maid, Gym Uniform, China, Leotard, and School Uniform, and they all dress accordingly. So... How do you remember all of that? Wait, you said I China? have a... Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, there, I do remember that. Yes, there is a Chinese... There is a girl dressed in a Chinese dress. Oh, because I'm looking at the cast listing, and I see somebody here mocked as China. Oh, yeah, we have, well, I mean, Priestess and China, we, got... we are we know who their actresses are. They're Kristen McGuire and Natalie Hoover, but they are just background roles so far. Um, but, but anyways, before we move on... Um, yes, just like, just like a Victoria swimsuit calendar, we have a woman for everyone here. Yeah. Twice over. Vic <laughs> Anyway, anyway, anyways, I, I knew you were going to say anyways. It, I did not make a prediction for Bunny, actually, because I didn't really think that any of the of the chain gang members were uh, prominent enough to try to guess any of the, the voice actresses for yet. I really didn't either. Neither did I make a prediction for Kurtz. Um, oh, damn it. Because I didn't even I didn't even recognize him as a character until episode four. And so but e even though he appears in episode two, so there's so many characters in this show and we don't we haven't even been in introduced to all of them so we have no idea what we're talking about but anyways i had no prediction <laughs> like we ever do I had I had okay where to start where to start uh, uh who'd you have for bunny first i had three and first one was alexis tipton because well for god's sake she was choo-choo and show by rock you know what i if i were to guess i probably would have thought the same thing too but solely because of the show by rock similarities yeah the next two uh felicia anjo and jake saxton because you know i mean who else can like just freak out better than them when it comes to situations like that yeah bunny is uh, quite the freak out one which uh, to be fair she brought all of the misery that she's freaking out about onto herself yeah and uh, mm -hmm. this is why you should never revolt against your robot creator this well they aren't even robots these are actual girls yeah so i don't know where you got that idea <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, it, it's it's kind of vague, which is kind of the point of the series, is that at what point do we become indistinguishable between actual humans and the androids who are very human-like? Which, again, it, it's basically Ghost in the Shell meets Excel Saga. It's, it's you know, the deep philosophies of what makes a human and, and who are we really, what can we exist in a body that is not our own, and you, then you just throw in a bunch of dick and fart jokes. <laughs> pretty much it's not it's not th that's a problem that bugs me the most about this show is that this is content that i would love to see taken in a serious manner even in a l more light-hearted manner like they're doing here like I, I was watching this episode one of the episodes at work on my lunch break and while i was hooking up the episode to start it watching it i had earphones in 
while I had something cooking that was plugged in in my desk surrounded by other electronics around. And I kind of had to stop and realize, wow, I am, I don't know if I'm machine or human anymore. Yes, so. and while you were having this deep uh, philosophical epiphany, you watched one of the girls open up an area near her naughty parts and have another pearl sticker finger in it. And that, yes, and that <laughs> right there is the problem I have, is that this is, it's not that it's offensive material, it's that it's wasted material. Mm. Oh, God. Wasted, I tell you. Anyways, before we get off too off track on the various uh, deep philosophies present or not present in in Pandora in the Crimson Shell, uh, let's go over who was actually cast. Um, Bunny is voiced by Leah Clark, and... Ian Kurtz is voiced by J. Michael Tatum. Now, and yeah, and J. Michael, the the performance of Ian Kurtz was so obviously J. Michael Tatum that I was only half listening to that part of episode three where he shows up, yeah. and I was like, huh, that sounds like that kind of sounds like uh, J. Michael Tatum. Yeah. Let me guess, is that J. Michael Tatum? Yeah. Hey, what's what? It's J. Michael Tatum. Oh yeah. And I, now that we think about it, could anyone else have played the role? J. Michael Tatum, obviously, you've heard him. You've heard him in things, many, many, many things. Uh, evil, evil things. Evil, evil things and good things. He's Erwin Smith from Attack on Titan. He's Isaac from Bacano. Uh, he's Jiro from Black Blood Brothers. Sebastian from Black Butler. Um, he is uh, he's Steven Starface from Blood Blockade Battlefront. He's just been in show after show after show. Been with Funimation for a long time. Obviously, Kyoya from Oron. And... Um, and yeah, it's now that we've heard this role. I mean, it's it's just basically Tatum. It's Tatum in the booth doing his thing. It, it is, it, and really, he is like a government bad guy running behind the scenes with the the low, sexy voice of melted chocolate and the glasses. Of course, you can't forget those and the motherfucking glasses every single time. Oh man! So yeah, what did you think, Jamal? If besides this obvious, very obvious Tatum role. Well, of course, Tatum is Tatum. I'm not going to lie. When I heard in the Japanese, I thought Alex Organ would be a good fit. But, you know, it's Tatum. In the end, it works. I mean, it's okay. yeah. it's good, but it works. Yeah, was that your prediction? I'm sorry to skip over your prediction. Was that your prediction for the Japanese? Yeah, was, but was Alex Organ. Yeah, but let's just keep going. Yeah. And uh, and Leah Clark as Bunny. Um once again, this is a pretty standard Leah Clark role. It's it's it harkens back to School Rumble, uh, which she was in. She's also you've also heard her in Aria as Aria. She's in Assassination Classroom, Baka and Test, Bamboo Blade as Mia Mia. Um, she was in Black Blood Brothers as Alice and Kotaru. Uh, she was in Defrag recently. She was Mayu in Death Parade. Uh, she was Hummingbird. Minatsuki Takami in Dead Man Wonderland, where she used the oh. most colorful language. <laughs> Most recently, she's Mavis Vermilion in Fairy Tale Zero, which we talked about earlier. Um, yeah, she's been, she too has been around with Funimation for a long, long time. And uh, so, yeah, this is this harkens back to her School Rumble performance, in my opinion. Very kind of bitchy, kind of, you know. <laughs> doesn't want to uh she's just fed up with Uzal's nonsense and is trying to rebel against her but at the same time she needs to rely on Uzal for for things and and just kind of caught between a rock and a hard place and i think leah does a pretty good job 
a rock and hard place to say the least. Yeah, the, the entire rebellion against her was pretty much bad idea when it, it backfires entirely on her. So it's the kind of cathartic brought this badness on herself without feeling too bad for the character. And she pulls it off well. It, it's a very likable teenager who screwed everything up for herself role. Mm -hmm. That's what you get for rebelling, and now you have to get on your knees and beg for forgiveness at the same time. Yes. And and if and if you and if you want the security code, you will put your hands over your head and dance like a bunny. <laughs> while I record, while I video record it, by the way. Stop that! Who all forgot that dance? Anyways, Jamal, what did you think? I'm not gonna lie, I actually forgot about Leah. It was good, but I forgot about Leah Clark, cause to me, she's been kind of MIA, like, even before the whole broadcast up thing, so it's nice to hear her again. I, I really like the whole bunny thing, cause, and if anything, I think she's pretty much like the queen of freakouts when it comes to freakouts, you know? Like, so it's right. a good fit here, naturally. Yeah. What would be funny is if to take some of the animation from Bunny and, and overlay some uh, some of Hummingbird's dialogue over it. See what, the, see how that would respond. The, okay, Bunny's yes. crazy enough already. Let's not do that, okay? Yeah, let's see. You know, have, <laughs> having Bunny say, "Let's jack off into a bottle of formaldehyde and call it our firstborn." So, <laughs> I'm gonna pretend I ain't hear that. Yes. No, you'll be listening to the episode again. It's like, I heard that, didn't I? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on, probably for the best. Um, let's see. Should we go over... <laughs> who should we cover over? Should we cover over Takami or Buer next? Uh, let me flip let's, go, let's go with Let's go with Buer, because he's, he's weird. <laughs> he is, and I love him. Yes, yes. The crazy... Lion-headed, five-legged goat thing with, let's just face it, he has a leg for a boner. Okay? There's no... He... It's so... Yeah. I don't know why this character was written up. Like The, the idea in the show is that he's like an AI sentience for Azul's operating system or something like that. Like, like he's the MacGuffin robot of the show. But I don't know why he serves that purpose. And you don't care, do you? I really don't. I don't, because he is wonderful to watch, and I kind of wish the show had just been about him. He needs his own spinoff, yes. Buer and Friends. Right, the ver uh, oh, what's that um that thing that they call it where anime get, like, uh, short five-minute chibi episodes, like Omake Yeah, an Omake episode. Like yeah, yeah, he needs, like, his whole series of Omake episodes. Right. So did we have any uh, any predictions for Buer? I'll be perfectly honest. I could not think of anyone. Actually... I did think of one person. <laughs> I th believe it or not, I will honestly went with Mark Stoddard for Blair. What? Yeah, I don't <laughs> know why. You, you you did listen to it in the Japanese first, right? I did. Yes, and, and, and Japanese is really weird and low down. It's an unusual voice, but I, because it was so deep, I'm like, uh, I want to hear Mark Stoddard go crazy. <laughs> so. Oh my god! <laughs> I agree. I, I second that. Oh my god! So yeah, I yeah, that's who I who I wanted to hear as Blair. What did you, about you guys? I had one prediction. I had it right. Hey, so did I actually? Uh, did ev the, the only one in the whole cast I got right? So did did everyone 
everyone else but me, I was the only one who did not get Sunny straight as Blair. Can, Honestly, yeah. can I can I can I <laughs> yeah. be honest? Yeah, absolutely. Yo, he's straight quilling it, Sonny. It's Sonny straight. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. I I need to applaud it. It's that a it's great. a pun on Ebonics, man. All right. Anyways, yes, Sonny Straight is the voice of Blair, and now that we've heard him, there there really couldn't be anyone else who could have done this. Uh, obviously, Sonny Straight yes. is the voice of Kuro Sensei in Assassination Classroom, which makes perfect the, sense too. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's the. It, it is exact. Yeah, it's almost the exact same persona that, that he is in the show. Here, he is waxing politic, not politically, waxing poetically about stuff that has nothing to do with the context of the series while making lewd comments about the bosoms of the characters. Exactly. Right. Yes, we've heard him in crazy roles such as Goro Sensei, such as Krillin from Dragon Ball Z, such as Usopp from One Piece. We've also heard him in uh, as Maple Arisugawa from Show by Rock. Uh, he is... Um, he's the annoying squirrel from Brothers Conflict. I hate that stupid thing. And uh, we've also heard him in more serious roles, such as Lupin, such as Maze Hughes. And um, yeah, yeah. After hearing this performance, there's really no one else who could have done this job other than Sonny Strait. Because he just... It's the same sort of crazy thing, like you mentioned, as like Koro Sensei or like Maple Arosagawa, or it's just... He's got a knack for and these I kind of characters. I mean, he could play serious characters as well, sort of like the crazy priest from, from Maria the Virgin Witch. But, uh, but yeah, he's he's found his niche and 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 he we love him for it. So yeah, I don't know what. Um, yeah, you're right. He can do serious roles, but why would you want to when he could be spending his time making like, completely non sequitur segues about the grandiose nature of the universe while mentioning about how huh, and who is that one with a voice who sounds like she's got a pretty small bosom? Yes, while his leg boner goes up. Mm. It's such a weird design. I, like even on my notes here, I wrote dot 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 lion flower question mark question mark. And he's so brazen about it too. He's like, I will tell you the secret, but first you have to flash me your panties. And she goes, Okay, flip. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, yeah. I, it's a it's a it's a necessary element in the show because otherwise the show would be too saccharine. Right. What about you, Jamal? Do you how did you, what did you think about the performance? I thought it was, a, like I said, I thought it was a pretty good match. Although, the way the character's designed is kind of hard to look at him straight. And well, yeah, with with his, you know, interesting middle leg. Yeah. Because when we, when we use the expression third leg, it is a literal third leg. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we are not, like, go, go look up the character art. We're not being euphemistic about yes. it. Yeah. That is a boner with a hoof on the end. Not just... And again, it... That character design does nothing for the context of the show. Like it, it doesn't fit with what he was created for. I'm so confused. Well, he explains it what like you know the 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 lion's head is representative of something, and the the five-legged goat is representative of something. It's supposed to sound all majestic, but it really it's just a really goofy drawn character. So yeah, it's like we because every Japanese show, every Japanese show needs to have a cute animal sidekick character, and they just ran out of character animal design. So it's like, hey guys, remember that show from the '80s where Disney took two animals and fused them together? Let's do that, and let's do it completely wrong, like they didn't. <laughs> 
Yes. Well, I mean, you're right. Every single show has to have a cute animal mascot, especially Attack on Titan. And, you know, anyways, moving on. Let's, uh, yeah, the next character is, yeah, let's move on to Aunt Takami Kurabase. Um, I am smacking you through the through the phone, or not the phone, the screen. It is, don't call me Aunt. Yes. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the character's quirk, for those who haven't seen the show, which I don't blame you if you haven't, is that she ends every one of her lines with a ya, mm -hmm. which, to be fair, is much less annoying than what they did with... Oh, I'm sorry, what was the sheep's name from Show by Rock again? Moa. Oh, uh... Moa. Yeah, Moa. I, I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say Moa. Actually, that, that's actually, a Disney movie. With, with Moa, they actually toned it down. She didn't actually say it after every line in the dub. Like, like. Uh, yeah. She doesn't say her quirk as often as Takami. Anyways, Takami is technically main character Nene's aunt, or at least says she is. In reality, she looks like three years younger than her, um, and she is technically Uzal's friend and rival. Uh, apparently, <laughs> yeah. Yes, if Uzal is representative of Steve Jobs, then Takumi is Bill Gates. Oh, damn it. <laughs> now you see it, don't you? What, wasn't there already an anime that turned uh, Apple and Microsoft into Moe characters? I think there was. I can't remember what it was, but... Uh... No, no, it, it wasn't the companies. It was, it was like... It was an operating system. It was like PC versus Apple. Are you thinking of versus... Hyperdimension Neptunia? No, no, no. It was something that came out years ago. Yeah, no, I've, I remember the the um, the O. The, what was it? The uh, the OS time. See, that's the, thing. I the operating system time. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. That, that, was, that, that wasn't a really thing. an anime. That was just sort of a you know mascot promotional thing that happened. It was a thing that happened. It's Japan. Right. It's a thing that happened. Move on. <laughs> Anyways, Takami. God bless you, Japan. Takami is always yes. trying to, always harassing Nene and Clarina, always trying to take Buer to pee apart to see how he runs. Uh, do we have any predictions for him, for her? I had two, and I got it right. Okay, I had one. And uh, what about you, Noah? And I had one as yes. well. I had one that I did not get right, but that is okay because. I still think this should have happened anyway, and it's not too late for them to go back and redub it and make me right. Okay. I had Monica Rial <laughs> as Takami. It looks like the type I, of character that she would play in nine times out of ten. I, I don't blame you for that one bit. And you know what? If we're going to go with uh, panty and stocking characters, I'll see your Monica Rial and I'll raise you one Jamie Marchi. Okay, that'd be an interesting because she doesn't really play a lot of tiny Moe type characters like, like Takami is. No, but, but with the... Again, this goes back to my mentality when I first thought, before I actually saw the dub, about how they would handle the show, and it being uh, playing up Tamaki, uh, Takumi's sort of, um, not so much playful as perverted mentality. Like, she doesn't she doesn't act like a little girl. She acts more like a 20-something-year-old who knows that fondling androids is wrong and doesn't care. Yeah, you know, the type of... You type of short statured 20 young girl in her 20s who's chain smoker and constantly has a cup of coffee or red bull or something i i, I think we're going backwards in men, in uh, anime mentality it used to be that we would have the adult characters look the same age as the teenage characters now we're having the adult characters look even younger than the teenage characters yeah well you need to bring that uh we i need to bring that back up once we actually reveal the actress because there's another character that this actress plays who's even worse in that than Takami is. But anyways, Jamal, you got it right. Who were your predictions? Uh, well, I was 
Alright, I'm actually gonna start with my second prediction because I went with Felicia Angel because going off of what Noah said, uh, she does give off that kind of vibe of like having an attitude but being a little perverted because again, I am the one person that liked World Break and that was the only thing I could see when I picked her. <laughs> like, uh, mm -hmm. Sadly enough, I thought she might have been typecasted after that show but and uh, as for the one I got right, I mean... Come on, man. You gotta have the Sedari Queen herself. Miss Jade Saxton! You what? Jade Saxton? That can't be right. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? You thought I was yes. saying that like over 9,000 or something? <laughs> no, no, no. You were saying it like Leroy Jenkins, but Thank whatever. Thank you. That's what I was going for, but I didn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done that anyway, because that was awesome. Damn it, Anyways, I can't wait for I can't wait for that wrestling. <laughs> Anyways, yes, as Jamal has no doubt let us know by now, uh, Takami is voiced by the lovely Jade Saxton, and uh, you've heard her. Uh, you've heard her in things. She's becoming a big name these days. Yeah. Uh, got her start off as Ave Genoard in Bacano. She was. Uh, she's been in Bigata HK. She was in uh, certain magical index as as Komue Sukuyome, which Noah, when you were talking about the uh, adults looking younger than the kids, that yeah. character that she plays looks literally like an eight-year-old, but she's a full-grown woman who smokes and drinks. I'm pretty sure that that was supposed to be a joke when they did it in Duraku-chan. Yeah, but go look up the picture of this character, Komoe Sukuyomi, yeah. later on, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And uh, anyway, let's put this out there. She's also in the podcast with uh, Leah Clark uh, called The Red Wine Therapist. And if you thought Takumi and Komoe were too look too grown, listen to the podcast, man, because this is some crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Also, other you, other roles that uh, that Jade has been in recently. She was Nona in Death Braid. She is currently Mira in Dimension W, uh, which we will cover over later. She's Carla in Fairy Tale. She is uh, Mary in the dub of Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash, which we will also cover. Um, let's see, a whole bunch of things. She's Kanako in High School DxD, Akatsuki in Log Horizon. Uh, Ludmilla recently in Lord Marksman and Vanadis. And, uh, of course, she was... Uh, I was going to make a big deal of this. and I, Oh, yeah. Oh, she was Hachin from Mikchigo and Hachin, which recently finished up on Toonami. So... Still need to get a copy so, of that. What are your opinions, yeah? I like it, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good, yeah? It, it would have been... Yeah, it would have been... Very easy to make this a very annoying character. Like I, I was worried at first that they were going to try and make her more high pitched. That they were going to cast a character actor who was more high pitched. Mm -hmm. But on this one, I am glad that they stuck with a, a more normal sounding voice with a lot of a lot of spunk behind oh, her. Yeah, there's total spunk. Yeah, lots of spunk. Yeah, she's not from Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> And this is my one gripe. This is no. my main gripe with the character. I think the performance itself is good. I just really the, the verbal tick can get on your nerves very, very quickly. Dude, she and, she has the same tick as like Rui from Mikagawa. That one. No, that that pissed me off because that was one of the reasons I hated that dub. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that one guy Chris Sabat played in Assassination Classroom. 
and a, mm-hmm. a, a song I heard by the rapper Juvenile. You should check it out. It's oh called, yeah, ha. Yeah. But at least she doesn't. Was... At least she doesn't say it after every sentence. So thank God. Uh, she's worse about it. You brought up Moa from. Mo you brought up Moa from, from Show by, by Rock. Rock. Yeah. And Moa's not as bad about it as as Takami is with her tick. Um, I think that's just Caitlin Glass's direction. She knew when to use it and when to hold back on it. But it may just be that it's not such a an obvious tick because it, it's such a, a meaningless freight like it's just yeah yeah why like, a put together it, it's it, not like it, a it, it it's not chi it's not cute it's not anything that you you know that it's gonna stick out to you it is almost like she's just asking a question at the end of every sentence like a valley yeah, girl or, or someone from wisconsin yeah so yeah but anyways yeah i like the performance the verbal tick could needs to be timed needs to be toned down quite a bit if you ask me it would be nice. it would be nice but yeah no it no, she, she pulls off the character well. So, go Jade Saxon. Come a long way since playing Eve. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway. Like, the complete opposite character. Moving on from... From, uh... Anime Bill Gates to Anime Steve Jobs. Obviously, best character yes. in the show, and I will have no one argue with me uh, about it. I, I, I disagree with... I do think that she actually did do something wrong. Yes. Obviously, as you yes. tried to argue, we are of course talking about Delilah, the no, Uzal Delilah. Perfect cinnamon bun has done nothing wrong. Best girl in the show. My waifu for waifu. Now, Hardy, Hardy. On the scale, yes. on the scale of one to Tifa, how how fuckable do you say Delilah is? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, she's got the dark skin going for her, which is definitely nice. She's got the glasses. And the curves and the platinum blonde hair. That's a that's a solid uh, that's a solid erd right there. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, that's yeah that's up there with erd from All My Goddess. So yeah, that's nice waifu material right there. And she's got the attitude to back it up too, which is always always nice. Yeah, you can have and it your so, way. You just a sucker. Yeah. Come on, going back that thing up and try to push up on. It. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yes. <laughs> you do have to you, you, again you, the first thing you do show. have to remember jamal we are the two white guys we don't know what you're talking about no no something i actually do know what he's talking about <laughs> I actually honestly i think i do know what he's talking about too but anyways uh moving on um yeah uh who did we have well, it was all for in case you don't know is technically both the she is Possibly the antagonist of the show, and uh, also possibly the main one of the main good guys of the show. We don't know yet. She could be a terrorist. She could be a bastion of <laughs> of you know philanthropy. We don't know just yet. Uh, she might not even at this point. She's just. Been... We might not even know if she's still alive at this point. Of course, she totally is. By the way, I mean, yeah, because yeah, we don't believe in death in the show. But yes. She's just been fucking with us the entire show yeah, so well, far. Fuck with me anytime she wants. Well, I'm just saying. Get to <laughs> set you up for that again. This it wouldn't have been like this if the first shot of the show hadn't been camera panning over her half naked yes, yes, body. The, like we said, the very first shot is Uzal's bikini-clad crotch, and I could not be. I was in love at that point, but uh, it, moving on. Who did we have predictions for for Uzal? Well, when it comes to. Um, because all the characters look like they're 10, 
because we have the uh, big sister looking character and she has got the figure oh, yeah. for it. The one character that kind of popped into my mind was everyone's favorite mas sadomasochist, Rin from Daughters of Memnesign. So, of course, I had to go with the ever-classy calling clicking. First of all, it's it's pronounced Namosony. And second of all, I agree with you on that. One of my predictions was indeed Colleen Clinkenbeard. Same here. But I also, yeah, yeah, yeah Colleen for everyone. Okay. I also had Stephanie Young as a possible prediction. Okay, I I had two more. And I had uh, Anastasia Munoz because first thing I remember seeing her in was as a Dr. Kiyama in a certain scientific railgun, and Uzal kind of gave off the same vibes. And plus, at times. <laughs> Her voice does sound kind of sexy when you hear it, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. I, I, I really want <laughs> Shut up, Noah. <laughs> okay, well, to be fair, when the rest of the cast has no cleavage to speak of, of course the one woman with the double D cup size is going to be the sexiest thing on screen. <laughs> okay, uh, as for my, my second prediction, I, 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 I had Kate in glass. For the same reason I would Really? Because here's the thing. Yeah, I, really? Oh, shit. What was my reason? Oh, yeah, because I just finished Lord Marksman Vanities, and I thought to myself, Ooh. wait, no, wait, wait, wait. No, that can't be it, because I watched this show before I watched that show. So I forgot my reasoning now, but hey, if you could have... But anyway, you had Caitlyn Glass. Caitlin, that would be, a, very, that would be a, a completely different kind of role for Caitlyn. I've never heard her do a... A sultry villain-esque kind of. Again, uh, you need to watch one episode of Blood Blockade Battlefront that she was in, and yeah, I, I watched the whole show. Wh which one was? Uh, Short-haired vampire who got taken out by Klaus. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, yeah. that was Her. Caitlin. Okay, I rescind my statement then, and I replace it with "Go, Caitlin, you the man, what? girl, <laughs> you the person." Anyways, uh, um. But yeah, of course. So did we get yeah. it right? Tardy, no, did we get it right? We, we did not it right, get right? it right. Did we we, got we it all wrong. got it wrong. Because believe it or Boys not, it this character that you see on the screen before you is voiced by Monica Rial. Dun, dun, dun. Which actually, now that you think about it, should not be much of a surprise because she's been playing a lot of characters very similar to this most recently uh, with this obviously we get to hear monica use her big voice uh, as far as roles that she's been in if you have not heard monica you don't watch anime simply seriously she she has been in over 400 roles at this point and still going rolling, as far rolling, as rolling, usually the, the characters she voices rolling. are the very small childlike moe moe characters as far as characters who more closely resemble uh, her voice for Uzal, she's played bigger girl roles like Sade Lafare in ba in Bacano. Uh, she was um, Lara in I'm, School Rumble. Lara Gonzalez in School Rumble, right? She was Joe in Burst Angel. She was, of course, Michiko from Michiko and Hachin, <laughs> Gangsta Monica, as I call her. Basically, every character who's actually gone through right. puberty. She played Konami uh, Ishizaki in Darker Than Black was another one that was very similar to her performance in uh, in uh, as Uzal. She's which, the new voice of... Which none of you will ever get to see ever again. You will never get to see Darker Than Black Season 1 ever again because Annie Plex is an right, asshole. Right, asshole yeah. Plex, we call it. Uh, yeah, she is... Another role similar to that is... Um, Oh, ho, ho, heavy oh, she's the heavy uh, lies. 
Lies, I, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, that's before you watch that one episode, you know? Yeah, right. I was so You've turned this into that. a den of lies. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just, I didn't know. I, I was so disappointed in that. I was like... Right. But yeah, she's the new voice of Bulma in, in Dragon Ball Z. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Monica has been all over the place. If you have not heard her before, you just don't watch anime, my friend. And so what do we think of her performance here as the lovely Uzal Delilah? Well, as Tatum is Tatum, Monica is Monica, but Monica is awesome. Yeah, this, like I said, this certainly isn't the type of role she's usually typecast as. And it's refreshing to see her use her big voice more. Because I know a lot of... A lot of um, people, even within our own circle of friends, have an issue with her moe moe girl voice, and but but they want to hear her do this grown-up voice. And, and what's funny is that her little girl voice is actually more closer to her real-life voice than this is. And so, going playing as someone like Uzal is actually more of a challenge for her because she has to lower it. And and yeah, I think I think it's I think she does a great job, and she's got ooze all snark and just sarcasm and just you know that wonderful just shitting grin just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it made it made me hate the character less than I did in the Japanese, which the, the character animation and the that smirk and the it's okay to touch her in her F port. It's for the fate oh. of the world. That that doesn't go away, but uh, but she plays her she plays Uzal much nicer, like uh, almost 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 as a mature responsible grown up adult. But she's type still very woman. much a troll though. She's troll tastic. She, she yeah she well you you can't get away yeah. from that no. But it it's not as sadistic as the yeah. Japanese portrayal. I just was. figured it out guys. I just realized it. Uzal is dark skin Sneebs with boobs. Yo, yo, I don't want that male entity. <laughs> <laughs> if there is not an image of Uzal out there with that that troll face plastered over her image somewhere, I'm going to go make it after this podcast. Yeah. Yes. La 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 I, I, I will back you up, and I will bring ten of my closest I'll friends. I'll bring a pair of nunchucks. I don't need no friends. <laughs> well, I was talking about, uh, you know, uh, my left and right fist, which put... Th- there's a, a peanuts gag in there somewhere. Anyways, that's the point. Okay, so, what did you think of the performance? I thought it was awesome, man. Like, you know, I mean, I'd love to hear more of Micah in a big girl voice. Big girl. Yes, we're all mm-hmm. monkeys. Ooh. So what what did you think, Noah? What? Well, the, um, again, it, it she it makes her less hateable. Uh, yeah. or it was all performance less hateable. So I, but it doesn't make me like the character. It doesn't make me want to watch the show for the character anymore. The character is, and this is goes back to the uh, great concept, wasted potential mentality of the show. You've got this woman with all this tech. You've got uh, full body androids. And she puts cat ears on her. Now, hey, hey, Clary unlugs those ears. You don't dare touch the ears now. No, you don't. 
Now, 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 um, now, in all honesty, I don't think that any of us wouldn't do that if given the same opportunity. You, you gotta touch the ears, man. I, I don't care. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want. I, I do want to touch the don't ears. Touch the ears. I, I, anyway, this is all wrong. This is all very wrong. It's okay. We know you're semi-furry, Noah. We know about your your penchants for. I only saw Zootopia five times in theaters. Okay, that's yeah, perfectly normal. We all normal. know that you're a fan of Jay Naylor and all that, and you have. <laughs> What? Actually, no, cat ears don't really fall under the furry mentality. If you want to be absolutely technical, characters like those in Show by Rock would be more furry. Well, while we're on the subject, going into robo-furry, let's move on to our next character. Uh, Let's go to Clarion. She, like our main character Nene, is also a full-body cyborg, uh, having had her consciousness transplanted into an artificial body. Uh, she is the more reserved and the quiet of the two main characters, and uh, and who did we have to predict? Well, I had uh, well, you go first. Well, um, when it, um, the Japanese voice plays it, uh, plays a very almost deadpan, moody maid voice that um, is, I, I'm sad to say, it's kind of a cliche already in anime. And so it would be very easy for an American actress to play that as deadpan and not engaging. So I try to think, who's got a lower register but knows how to do good acting? And the voice that came to mind was everyone's favorite deadpan voice from School Rumble, Trina Nishimura. Okay. Ah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that, too. Yeah. Uh, Who played, um... I- I'm for- sorry, I-, I forget the name of uh, the School Rumble character was, um, Akira. What's her name? The... Akira. I was going to say Aria. I was like, no, that's a different character. Yeah, Akira. Yeah, see, I... This is where I put Jade Saxton, because, like you said, the very low, you know, very deadpan register, which are characters that she's... She still gets cast as, and uh, we've already know that she can do pretty well as. Um, Which, you know, that very matter-of-fact, no-nonsense, just state the obvious and then shut up sort of role... Like the the girl who looks like she's got it's kind of a stick up her yeah. ass all the time. Why are you such a bitch? Well, she's not. I mean, to to be fair, uh, she's not in the show. She's Claron's not really a bitch. She's just you yeah. kind of understand. She does that her she's job full, and she does what she's Android. told to do and nothing else. Yeah, really. And, she, unless you mess with the cat yeah, ears. She, yeah. Yeah. Don't mess with the cat ears. She is quite. She's she's quite literally. The maid who cleans up everyone else's right. mess. Yeah. So who did you have, Jamal? Who did you predict? Well, going off the cute girls that can go deadpan, I had three predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one was uh, Bryn Apple. The second one was Lindsay Seidel. And the third one was Felicia Angeli. No, Angel. Not, uh, anyway, Felicia, you know what I mean. Right. Okay. Uh, well, we're actually all wrong, believe it or not. Yes. Hooray! I love it when yeah, we're all wrong. wrong. The actress who actually plays Clarion <laughs> is Laura Woodhull. And may I just say that Laura has the most adorable picture yeah, on the it really does, page. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she has a voice to back it up too. Uh, you've heard Laura as as Clara the jellyfish in Princess Jellyfish. She was recently. I'm freaking yeah. dying in here. She was in shows such as Absolute Duo, Cat Planet Cuties, uh, Certain Magical Index. Um, she's in Divine Gate. Oh, dear God. Uh, 
Let's see. She's also Botan Maru in Kamisama Kiss Season 2. Uh, she was in... She was the child voice for Yuki in Wolf Children. And perhaps her biggest role so far, unfortunately, she's Echo in Dragon R Academy. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hinami in Tokyo Ghoul. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, that's she what is, I thought too. And I was like, wait, that was a Hinamid, good role. Course, yeah, but she's, she's also lowly dragon as well. So, wait, can, can, can I just can I just reference the Dragon Knots reference? Real dragons have curves. That's a different show, actually. Dragon Knot and Dragon R. Yeah, I know, I know. I I just got done watching the Dakashi Kashi dub talk you guys did, and I I don't know remember why, but someone mentioned Dragon Knots, and the first thing that jumped to my mind was real dragons have curves. Yes, I try to forget that Dragon Knot ever existed, to be perfectly honest, but. With with Todd Habercorn's face thong, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. what? Well, you must uh, watch the show no, now. No. If you try to forget it, it's probably not Add worth it to the need to watch it. No, no, the guy's uh, just a hater. Anyways, what do we? He does. The guy doesn't even like case clothes. For goodness' sake, no one. Well, would, uh, he has, uh, wait, 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 wait. That's not a good guy. Not do this now. No, no, no. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. He, he hates Rosario X Vampire. Oh yeah, I do hate different. that I'm show. Sorry. I do hate that show. That that show's piece. That show's terrible. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on. Who? Uh, what do we think about Laura's performance as Clarion? It's very easy. Could have been. Yeah, could have been easy to make it flat and unengaging. But she does not do that. She she makes it funny. She she actually she makes yeah. the deadpan funny, which is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this was really refreshing because I've. Usually when you hear Laura in a role, she's very exuberant, very very high-pitched, very active. Uh, plays a lot of little girl characters. And this, we haven't really heard her play deadpan uh, it, just yet. And so I think she really pulls off the robotic just absence and just, you know, lack of interest in anything. And she does make it a lot of funny. Uh, a lot of funny. She does make it really funny. And... Um, yeah, I, I really like it. You know, the character who it actually reminds me of most isn't an anime character. It reminds me most of Dario. <laughs> oh, wow. And I mean no, that I in know. all the good ways. Now we have to have someone draw Dario in a in a maid outfit with cat ears. <laughs> well, there there was that one uh, that one uh, Daria Days episode where she was naked. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You do, okay, oh, so MTV, when they were doing, like, the best of Daria episodes, they had these things called Daria oh, Days. Yeah. And they would have the characters, like, introduce their favorite episodes. And there was the one with the art contest. And they said, well, the producers said, hey, let's try to get viewers up. So why not get naked? Moving on. Uh, Jamal, what did you think of the performance? I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, I never heard Laura Woodhold like this before. But it is very refreshing. I will give you that. It's And it's, it's of a character that I don't want to strangle, which is more than I can say about her performance in Dragon R Academy, which I only watched a few episodes of and dropped because, ew. No, you you want awkward. Watch her as Mirai in Senran Kagura. That is awkward. Ooh, I, I think I'll pass. Thanks. But but yeah, it's uh, I think it's a pretty stellar performance, and I like what Lara does with it. And... Now for our, to move on to our main character, another full-bodied android and the star of the show, we have Nene Nanakorobi. Watch a whip. Uh, Watch a Nene. Watch a whip. Whip. No. Oh, come on. I'm sorry. Go on ahead. 
Alright, I if I ever get the money, I will get a plane ticket, come over to you, and be yep, big it on. Ass. Noah, Noah, you're like <laughs> five foot zero. Yeah. And proud of it. <laughs> I didn't say I'd come out alive. I just said I'd Anyways, it. yeah, Nene is the uh, is the one who actually has uh, control of the mysterious Pandora device. Uh, she activates this. Tell us, Noah, how does she acti activate the Pandora device? Okay, so because a show of this nature requires a sort of ultimate weapon to be used in every fight of every episode, we have to... Um, okay, the androids have, like, uh, connections on their fingertips that act sort of, like, as USB ports. So she has to take her hand, put it down near Clarion's crotch, which, like, expe like opens up. Like, like, not the full crotch, but, like, the like right below the stomach region. Like, a, a port opens up. She has to stick her hand into that port, which they call the F-port. No innuendo mm -hmm. intended. And there's, like, a lightning flash that, like, transfers the Pandora weapon information over to her. I don't know how this works, but then again, if Chobits can have an activation switch on their crotch, then I guess this works out, too. And that gives her super ultimate fighting, excellent power, super chocolate awesome rainbow sauce. Ew. And that's pretty much the entire show. <laughs> yeah, every episode, we have to... It's kind of a wash and repeat yes. sort of thing. Silly antics, touch the cat ears, danger, activate the Finger Pandora... The Yes, Wash, finger the lowly robot. Yes. Yes. Any and again, there's so much potential to be done with this, but they didn't use it, and that is why I don't like this show. But anyways, uh, who did we predict as Nene? Because I had two predictions. I had one. And they're pretty easy to guess at this point. Ooh, what? Who, who did you hey, pick, Hardy. Yo. What is it I say about cute girl voices? Oh, there's an app for that? Yeah, but which one? <laughs> It could go either way. I, probably I, knowing you, it would be Apvia. Uh, no, I went with Brand Apple. <laughs> yeah, she was one of mine as well. Hey, yeah, you what? had her too, guess didn't what? you? G yeah. I, I had her too. I'm, mostly because I, I was sold on her from Show by Rock, which is the first time I heard her in a leading role. And this seemed like the same uh, Toru Honda type character that we got in uh, Show by Rock. And I thought... It's, the it's sad, be the sad thing is, I yeah, had the second April. prediction, but I had to remove it for that whole F port thing. I, I, I got a separate story for that when we after you reveal it. So, okay, no, my, uh, my other one was also Bryn's twin sister Felicia, but here's the thing, I sort of added Felicia sort of like a last, you know, worst case scenario prediction because I was really, really wanting her to be in Dimension W as Mira. And I'm figured, you know, if she's she's going to be a ro little robot girl one way or the other, I'm going to put her as Mira instead, but I'll just put her <laughs> as Nene as well. We are all wrong. Uh, wrong, the wrong, wrong, yeah, wrong. The actress who is actually playing Nene is Megan Shipman, who is a relative newcomer. There, there are, like, visible question marks over yes, all of our heads she, right a now. relative newcomer. She made her main debut... As Arisa in the Certain Magical Index movie, she was also in Scientific Railgun S, she was in Defrag, uh, Data Live 2, Divine Gate, Freezing Vibration, uh, she's in No Ren, in One Piece, in, uh, she is in Senran Kagura, 
And she plays... Oh, she she's Lecty in Sky Wizards Academy. But only for the first half of the episodes. <laughs> and, uh... Why'd you have to bring that up? It's for science. Because... It's, it's for yes. completionist's sake. Because we, we want to give her her due credit and point out to all the great work that she's done for the anime community right. thus far. Uh... Like being in oh all yeah these in the world a wonderful high quality show that everyone should go that, watch that's including you yes you you yes you and listening to the audience it's actually you, one of my stories but I'll explain what you should go watch that all right honestly I think okay. she did great in this role because I've had issues with Megan in other roles before um, like I really did not like her as Lecty in fact when she was replaced later by Monica I thought Monica actually was much better as Lecty than Megan was uh, but when you when she plays characters with spunk and charisma like Nene is I think she does a really good job but yeah I think I think she does good in here I'm not the biggest fan of some of her other work but I do like her as Nene a lot yeah, and this was a it's a character that has so much of the naivete of the kind of stereotypical Genki girl but she pulls it off with the sort of enthusiasm that does not make it grating on the ears. Like, even when her voice goes up into the higher octaves, and it's it's a high-pitched voice, it's the it's a believably fun-to-watch kind of performance. Okay, so what's your story, Jamal? Uh, I, have two, I have two, but I'll try and make this quick. Uh, when I heard Megan was cast as Nene, and this kind of goes back to the fairy tale episode, uh, I, I completely forgot about her, and I thought maybe... She would be awesome as Zara. But I was wrong on that count too. And my second story is, like I said, I originally had another prediction. But I had to remove it because of the whole F-Port thing. Because who I wanted to put for Nene. Mm -hmm. uh, she was the main character in one being the strongest in the world. And when I heard her how she pretty much orgasm and stuff. I got a little worried with the F-Port. I was like, hell no. No, 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 no. Yes. So I took her off altogether. Yes, Elizabeth Lewis was the name that actress went under. Yeah, it's actually a different. We're not going to reveal for you know, you know, for the I, sake I'm, of the I'm actress I'm just keeping involved. my mouth shut. So yes, but it is an actress that we are all familiar with. Um, but yeah, it, 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 and Lilac, don't you put the real actress's name on there? She went under an alias for a reason. But yeah, I uh, I think I I really <laughs> like this. I, li I really like Megan in this role. I think she needs to do more roles like this, less roles like Lecty, less roles like, you know, Beef Girl in No Reen, and uh, and yeah, more more Nene, go Nene. Think thinking back to thinking back to a jam. I I agree with you. I think that this would have been a very good role for her. This would have been a good actress to be Zara in Fairy Tale Zero, um, especially because I think we all had a bit of an issues with the actress that actually is playing Zara in the Fairy Tale Zero dub. I could totally see Megan pulling that off if she brought the same, uh, the same charisma to that, that yeah. character. Of course, then again, I still think that Erica Mendez would have been great as Zero, but whatever. Obviously, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah we, we all have. That was a training right. wheels performance. So, anyways, you know, wrapping so. things up. What are our opinions on the dub and the show itself? Noah, I know you really dislike the show. What do you think about the overall, the overall package? The packet. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell oh you about my. Oh my! Oh god! Show us, show us your F port, <laughs> Noah. Oh god! 
later later i'll, I'll show you my uh, <laughs> my instagram page but anyways the, the point the point is the point is that the show is not like i said i really wanted this to be a more thoughtful look into what it would be like once full body android technology finally comes to be and i was not expecting it to go as deep as like blade runner or the, the or even ghost in the show show. Bits, but i I mean, go. Actually, um, are you talking about the I show? I mean, no, or the just movie or you know, because this basically thing? it is the concept was done by the creator of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, that that's what frustrates me is that I I know that it's by the same guy. The concept is by the same guy. Like I see a lot of the same elements, especially the idea of your body being in an android body, which is why they call it Ghost in the Shell. But the direction they take on this is that they're not as interested in exploring those concepts. They're much more interested in heavy, wacky hijinks that can be explored with the idea of, oh, uh, we can uh, have high-tech weaponry come out of this little girl, like Gunslinger Girl, or we can have uh, our arms get ripped off, and isn't that adorable? <laughs> so, but the dub, I'll give credit. For a show that I don't think I'll be finishing up, well, I'll probably finish up just for completionist sake. The dub is very well put together. I think that the uh, the guys playing this together understood how to make it engaging, even if the concept is a little botched. And I, I salute them on that. It, it takes a lot to make a show good, even if you're not 100% a okay. fan of that show. Which we've seen before and stuff like the dramatical murder dub. That, that no one had any passion right. for that. Uh, that Jamal, dub. what are your final thoughts on the dub and the show in general as a whole? Uh, to me, I thought the dub was uh, pretty solid. Uh, if the show is bad, I mean that's pretty much like how it came to us. You know, I mean, we can only do so much with anime. But I, I think everything's pretty good. I mean, is it good enough that you would recommend it over the Japanese? Surprisingly, yeah. I mean, the Japanese did have some moments, but yeah, I I, right. I would say watch the dub. But you, don't knock it till you try it. That's all I'm saying. You, you can go either way, but if you're more inclined to dubs, this is a solid effort that you don't have to watch the Japanese to yeah. get anything I'm with more. you on the dub. Other than Takami's verbal tick, which can get very old sometimes, I think, I think Jerry has done a very solid jo directing job on this dub. It is... There's no real problems that I can really point out to it, honestly. Everything seems to fit. Everyone's well cast. <laughs> oh, it's oh really fits my all God. right. Into that but, um, uh, sorry, right now we're, try now we're but, trying to be pervy about but, it. And the, the, really the worst fan service thing about it, if you do want to watch it, is that the camera angles have a tendency to really focus on the curves yeah. more than they really should. Like, there's a shot where the characters are... The, the chain gang is, like, bowing down in uh, like please save us but the camera shows up like right on the right on the butt like right on yeah you gotta right show the, the money shot butt. man yeah not right with the money not shot. only that but like get at the moments money. where like nene just sticks her hand and it swipes right on the f port it's just you know i mean the first time is the hardest it's but a after a while it's like you gotta wonder like where exactly do we go from here <laughs> <laughs> like why more importantly why did why did she think that was the place to put data transferring ports. Like, couldn't we put, like, the hand? Like, one thing I really like about the show's concept, the hands are cell phones in the show. Like, you put your hand up to your ear, That's some Inspector that's Gadget level stuff right there. Like, does it like does it bring a whole new meaning yeah. to the word download? Well, I was thinking about more, more questions about phone <laughs> sex being much Yeah, we gotta bring in Gigi point. for that. Like, Oh my, yeah. No, I, I, 
in my opinion yeah, of so. the show, I actually really yeah. like the show, and I know I'm I'm in the major, in the minority of of anime fans who enjoy it. It's like it's the Ghost in the Shell and Excel Saga combination. I never knew that I really wanted, and now that I've seen it, I I have to have it. I mean, I like I like the goofy comedy and mixed with the hardcore sci-fi elements. I and I even re, I even realized the animation on this show is pretty bad. It's yeah, it's around. I wouldn't say it's as bad as Ultimate Otaku Teacher, yeah. but it's it's not the best in the world. It's a shoestring and lint budget. It really is because if I remember correctly, the studio who made this is actually yeah. a spinoff oh? from. Gonzo, I don't I don't even that? know, but I mean, yeah. in the first episodes we have. Robots that look like the Tachikomas, but they have bunny ears. How how can you not love that? I called them the Nachikomas. It no, you're right. There are there are elements to like here. It's, I just don't like the whole package yeah. when it's put well, together. You know, it's it's like I said, it's one of the most divisive shows of the season. A lot of fans really hate it, but there are a few people who just who enjoy it. And uh, for those of you, in case those people are those are the people who we will be turning over to the aliens oh, once right. they finally attack. Yeah. But anyway, we, be in case you, you yourself would want to try this show out to see if you either love it or hate it, like we are so divided over it, uh, you can do so on Funimation.com's website. Uh, I believe the simulcast is currently up to episode nine or ten. I believe. And uh, you can watch it for free in subtitles, in Japanese with subtitles, uh, with ads. If you want to check out the broadcast dub for yourself, you have to be an all-access subscriber. Uh, in order to subscribe, you have to put in your credit card info, but they offer you a 30-day, I believe, free trial. After that trial, if you do not take out your mm -hmm. info, they will charge you. But let's be honest, you're going to be so enamored by the over 100,000 minutes of anime... Thank God I don't have to say over 9,000 again. But um, that you'll probably just... Eventually it's going to be over... It's going to be like over 90,000 Something like that. Yeah, something. over one million dollars. <laughs> but... We'll, we'll, get the, we'll get the androids and we'll hold da, Funimation da, da, for... One million minutes. <laughs> you guys are nuts. Don't, don't <laughs> speak for a bit more than a million. A, mi a million minutes isn't really a lot of anime these days. You know, uh, Sunrise alone produces over 9 billion minutes really? a, a year. Where do they find the time to sleep? Oh, the, well, they yes. are all robots at this point. Yes. You know, Sunrise, you know, Mecca, you know, so, you know. You know, terribly paid, poorly fed robots. Actually, there was an article that I think most of us read about how much money is lost when people pirate yes. anime. Oh, yeah. Because they're legally streaming it. So. Right. Anyways, uh, before we, you know, before we go, you can watch the broadcast dub. You have to be an all-access subscriber. You can watch it on Funimation.com. Uh, try out their 30-day 30, uh, 30 free trial. Yada, yada, yada. Um, before, we, before we wrap things up, does anybody have anything they want to plug? Uh, Noah Clue, what are you doing lately? Because I'm finally getting back into a swing of having a normal life after events in life's spiraled out of control i am getting back on track with doing episodes of voice actor shoutouts and i have a new one in the works right now and voice actor shoutout is where i take about five minutes to cover the entire career and good merits or bad merits of voice actors in the industry so if you like a podcast where people talk about voice actors all day be sure to check that out and all of my videos can be found at youtube.com slash journey traveler 
And you can also follow me on Twitter for everything else, as well as gifts of animation, talks about animation, debates on animation, but basically an entire animation nerd's dream come true at Awesome. Noah and Jamal, what are you doing lately? Uh, lately, I've been uh, planning to stop my own podcast, the uh, Moonlight Madness podcast, where I'll be talking pretty much all things Sailor Moon. And, uh, in, and in anticipation for the new season of Crystal coming up April 4th, uh, streaming on your legally streaming networks. I also have a blog, uh, barbadoslim.blogspot.com, where I do anime reviews and reflect on certain moments in anime. In the meantime, you can find me on uh, either YouTube at Jamstar1, on uh, Twitch in the chats during Double Talk, or you can find me arguing with Hardy. And let me say, Jupiter will kick Tifa's ass, man, okay? <laughs> Don't open that can of worms, my, zero, my, my friend. God. No. Don't make me bring out Don't my Final me, Fantasy VII strategy guide. Anyways, uh, and where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at Jamstar529. And as for me, you know, I don't really have anything to plug. I'm just on Twitter, at Spaceman Hardy. You can come follow me for any sort of hot mess that I'm talking about. Uh, occasionally I go on huge rants about Aniplex and Pony Canyon, and I, I'm a huge... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The, 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 the hibernate euphonium. Oh, what DVD release? <laughs> There's no DVD. Yeah, don't open that can of worms. Right now. Oh, yeah. That I severely hope there are some really hardcore Kyo Annie fans here in the West to actually buy that show. Why would you want them to buy it? Don't we want to see Pony, Pony Camp Cam. fail? I do. I, I really do. But I, deep in my heart, I know that they have families to feed. So I at least want to see one person buy it. Buy a Anyways, you can see me release. ranting about anime and uh, being a huge nerd about Final Fantasy and... Uh, and uh, arguing with my various double talk the dub talk cohorts, and just basically posting a lot of ghost <laughs> pictures and being you know kind of a dork. Uh, at Spaceman Hardy, you can also find me uh, as a forum moderator on the Funimation forums. Please come by. We desperately need more members. We are currently going through the villains tournament for 2016. Come by and participate by all means. Just for the love of God, do not ask us to dub more episodes of Case Closed, and do not ask for another season of Rosario Vampire. You will not get them, ever. What about another episode? Not another that season either. of Sekirei. What about another? What about another dub no. season of Sergeant Frog? Yeah. If if you ha oh. if you have to ask, Buzz odds kill. are the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. A sad but true. But that's what it is. Well, Anyways, will they ever be? Will they ever be licensing Paranoia? After what agents? I've seen, God, I hope not. Anyways, you, hey, careful oh. now. Whoa! Whoa! Before, Whoa. before, oh, yeah. okay, um, guys, we're gonna have to, go, yeah, we're we're gonna have to, have yeah. A, a yeah, bar before fight things get too out of here. hand, I am, of course, of Spaceman Hardy, and on behalf of Champstar and Noah Clue, I bid you adieu. But as always, keep it manly. Yeah, yeah. Otaku, on my friends.